chapter 16, verse 1 says, He, Jesus, also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to uh, was brought to him that this, sorry, yes, uh, let me start over. There was a certain rich man uh, who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that his uh, that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account for your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. So uh, right there, I, I know I uh, stumbled through that a little bit. I was, I was reading it in the, in the wrong person uh, in my own mind here. So uh, my apologies. But the, uh, So what we're hearing of is a rich man that has hired somebody to be his property and money manager. That's what a steward is, uh, was to be. The, it's not that the, the steward owns this stuff. He doesn't own it. He's very much just the manager of what is, he's hired uh, to take care of. That, so he doesn't really have a say in what happens. The master or, or the owner or whatever will come to him and say, this is what I want done, and that's what happens. So that steward uh, has been uh, put in the ultimate place of trust. Your mind might go all the way back to Joseph. Uh, Joseph, when when uh, after he was sold by his brothers into slavery, uh, he was put in a, a position of stewardship uh, by Potiphar, uh, and and then ultimately by the Pharaoh, by the uh, the, the uh, person that ran uh, ran the prison that he was in. He found himself there, and and Joseph was a, a wonderful. If you want an example of a faithful steward, look at Joseph. Everything he did, he honored the Lord, and all that he did, and God made everything prosper. This is like the exact opposite of Joseph. That's what this guy is. He's a bad. He's a bad steward. He's not a good and faithful servant. So this rich man, somebody, uh, somebody tells this rich man that uh, that his steward is wasting his his uh, resources and squandering it, uh, the rich man's wealth, and and he's bringing him into accountability. So that accusation comes to him, and it says that he's wasting his goods. If we've been entrusted in something we're, and we're wasting it, we know that's wrong. You know that's wrong. You know, so so this man knew, and it's, what, what we'll see as we get through this, we don't see much of an argument from the guy. You know, when, when we get there, he gets fired, and immediately, immediately he's figuring out, what am I going to do next? It wasn't like, you know, we don't have any account that there was no, no, wait a minute, where did you hear that or anything? It was, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty. Yeah, I'm caught. Uh, red-handed, th- that's me. So so he gets called in, and uh, he's he's asked to give an account for his stewardship. And he says, for you can no longer be the steward. So he's wasting it. So someone told on him, and we don't we don't know how exactly he's wasting it. My My assumption as I'm reading it is that he's just maybe pocketing a little bit, maybe just, I don't really, it's not my money, right? You don't have to raise your hand, but I don't know how many times me, you know, growing up, uh, you know, getting initially into the workforce. And then uh, now that I'm 42, I've kind of been there for a little while now. And how many times I I don't care. It's not mine. I don't care. It's not mine. That's, that's not a good steward, whatever we've been entrusted to. So, you know, for us, you know, all of us can be a steward, yes, of our own finances, and that's what we're going to talk about. But when we're hired by anybody, they're they're entrusting to us that we are going to be faithful stewards of whatever it is that they're placing in our hands to represent their business, their company, uh, farm, whatever it may be. 
So uh, it's important for us, uh, you know, as Christians, obviously, to be good stewards. So this guy is called to give an account and uh, share something from Spurgeon. He once noted that each of us will have to give an account for our stewardship regarding our time, our talents, our substance, and our influence. And I was blessed by that. Uh, you know, those that's that's quite a thing. You know, if you meditate on that and you look at it, um, that that can be uh, a little bit scary. That can be a little bit scary. Our time, our talents, our substance, and our influence. That's that's quite a statement when you when you think about that. Now, if it scares us, hopefully it scares us in the right direction. To Lord, you know what? I, I need to repent. I, I've not been faithful in this area. I need you to help me. And uh, and and we come to him, and he's he's gracious and and loving. He might move us. He might move us. Well, you were, you know, you were given this, and we're going to read about that. We might be moved from one thing to another, um, but uh, you know, it, it is important for us uh, to be faithful stewards. So he, this guy gets fired from his position because of his actions and his mismanagement. So he's no longer qualified to continue in that position. That's where he's at. He was given a, a, an opportunity, and he willfully, willfully wasn't doing what he was hired to do. That was that was the problem. So uh, now, um, from a ministry standpoint, that can be the same. You know, if we become complacent, and remember, and you guys, if you're familiar with when any time I've ever filled in, you know, the Lord has called us to ministry. Once we've we've walked with Him, and He's kind of established us, and we're standing as Christians. He's going to point us. He's going to use us. I mean, think of uh, you know, Casey and I were talking before uh, here now. Paul, of course, is a quite an example, but you know, you know, you think of 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 Paul. I mean, his, his ministry. Uh, he was on the road to Damascus trying to capture uh, capture Christians and throw them into prison and and persecute them. And and the Lord met him, blinded him, and said, "Hey, you're going to stay, uh, Straight Street, and you're going to go talk to Cornelius." And Cornelius had no no idea what was happening. He's questioning what's going to happen. We don't know what it is, what our what our ministry um, is, it, what God's going to bring to us in our ministry. Sometimes, uh, the important thing in our in, in our hearts is to be ready and to be obedient. You know, the Lord. I can tell you now, and I've told you guys before. You know, the first time Will ever asked me to stand up uh, and and lead worship was uh, the church was kind of, and I think I've said this before, forgive me if I'm repeating it, but the, the, the front of the church was that way. We had some some curtains over those doors there, and I'm trying to sing a song, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, right before Will, Will uh, is praying or something, and I had just come up, and I'm going, here we go, here goes not, you know, and the Lord, you know, it must have just impressed on his heart to show me something from a, um, a, um, a pastor's conference we had just attended. And it was just a, a simple verse that, that really talking about the old path, just follow the old path. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. Just relax and, and follow the Lord. You know, it's already it's already blazed for you. Just just follow the Lord on it. So important for us in our own ministries and in our own lives to understand that, um, you know, he does give us a ministry. You know, Casey and I were talking about it today, you know, uh, uh, about, you know, where, where, you know, if somebody's here, they're in the, they're in the nursery, they're on the sound booth, they're train, changing trash, they're greeting people here, they're praying with somebody. So many gifts. God gives us all special gifts. Important for us just to use them um, as, as good stewards of them. So uh, verse three says, then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. So we get a glimpse into this guy's mind. Uh, the assumption that I come up with, we don't know his age. 
Um, uh, the assumption that I come up with is he might be a little bit older or he might have a physical disability. He says, I cannot dig. And then he say, it basically says, and I won't beg. So he can't bring himself to a point. Um, he's too ashamed to beg. So, uh, so we get a little bit of a glimpse into him. But he's automatically, instantly starting to think of, well, what's next? What's the future? You know, what, what's the next thing that's coming along? And uh, he, he's, he's already thinking ahead. Like I said, there wasn't an argument. The, the guy knew he was guilty. And uh, he just knew, okay, I've been fired from this job. What am I going to do next? And he knows he has uh, physical limitations. And uh, he knows he's got, you know, his pride won't let him get it to, to the point where he's just going to sit around and beg. So he says, you know what, I, I, I'll use my mind. He comes to that decision uh, that he's going to use his mind. And uh, he says in verse 4, I have resolved what, I should, what, uh, what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, said to the first one, how much do you owe my master? And he said to him, 100 measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? And he said to him, 100 measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So we'll stop there. Uh, actually, we'll read verse 8. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of the world, of this world, are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. So there's a lot here for us to cover, but um, he's immediately making a plan. He wants to gain favor with those that were in debt to his master. So he starts thinking, well, how can I do that? I'll give him a discount. So it's shrewd thinking, and we'll talk about shrewd here in a minute. Um, but he, he takes them all, and um, what he realizes is that after he does this, they in turn would become indebted to him for a job, for housing. You know, those things. So he, where, where am I going to stay? What am I going to do? I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. And he moves forward with that. So he devises this plan. Uh, it's going to benefit his master instantly. He's not going to get all the payment, but he's going to get a big chunk of it. Um, it benefits him, and it's benefiting those that are in debt to the master. So it, it's kind of a win-win-win. Um, all, all the way around. I mean, this guy just lost his job. He's kind of in the, the, the lowest part there. But, uh, you know, so he, he immediately tells the first guy that, that owes 100 measures of oil. Uh, that's a lot. You know, in, in study, as I'm reading here, uh, he tells him to cut it to 50. Now, 100 measures of oil is 875 gallons of, of oil. That's a lot of oil. And it's worth 100 denarii uh, and uh, three years pay for a daily worker. That's a lot. So that's a big that's a big thing. So when that gets cut and somebody says, you owe half of that, pay it right now. That's, I mean, can you imagine, you know, you just buy a truck or whatever and, you know, <laughs> today I don't advise it. You know, the trucks are, I, 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 uh, I, I work with somebody who, uh, you know, told me, you know, yeah, by, by the time everything was done, it was right around 70 grand. I was like, $70,000? 70 grand. Oh my goodness. I remember I, uh, um, back in 2005, I, I just wanted, uh, a, a newer truck. We had, we had bought a used, um, a used, it was a great Jeep Grand Cherokee. If I can spit that out, it was awful. It was used. I mean, it was burning oil is a 5.9 liter engine in it. So it's like pouring gas on the ground. 
um, uh, we lost uh, we lost a transmission, right? Uh, we lost a transmission, had to redo all the brakes, everything. And, and, and uh, what I didn't realize, I was too stupid to, to do any research. I bought it off the wholesale lot. So it didn't even need to like, I don't even think it needed to pass inspection or something like that. Some guy saw, saw us coming and, and got us. We were like 23, you know, and, uh, and I had never bought a car before at a dealership. And yeah, so saw us coming. We bought that thing. What got me, the last part was we were getting ready to come to church um, and uh, uh, <laughs> the door fell off. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I, I wish I was joking, but like, I, I went to I fell off isn't really accurate it completely fell off track so something broke within the door like the hinges and I went to shut the door and as I went to shut it it like something hitched in the and, and it broke the whole compartment that was supposed to catch the door so my door was like instead of sitting like normal it was like dangling down and I'm like oh man you know and that was the only I think the only vehicle we had. Uh, because I probably would have uh, taken, we had the kids, and uh, I, if I remember right, they were all in the vehicle already, and I think Jen was already in there. I don't know if I had just started it. I don't know if you remember. You were in it? Yeah, we were, well, we're in our part, our, our drive, so we're, we're conversing, anyways. So uh, I I just like, we were in, in our driveway about, about to leave, and I'm like, we got to get to church. So I go and I grab some rope and I tied the, tied the door shut and uh and we drove to church and and uh and I'm the whole way just I am setting this thing on fire rolling it down the hill I don't care what happened you know I'm doing all that whining complaining and uh yeah we uh I I, I called my cousin he fixes it bondos it up does whatever he did I say bondo I don't know what he did he's welding he gets it going I go into the dealership I'm like this is the list of everything. Cause I couldn't go in and say, yeah, nothing wrong with it. You know, I'm like, come on, you know? So, uh, we ended up buying a new truck and, uh, and, and I, I, I remember, remember buying that truck, uh, for under $20,000 brand new had seven miles on it from being tested in the factory. I think now to know 70,000 scary. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, when you start looking at what things cost and everything, you know, we, we definitely, and, and the gas prices and everything, being good steward is only going to help us at this time. At this time, so I I'm not. If you just bought a truck or a car, I'm not you know, making fun of you or telling you you did the wrong thing. Just be smart about it. You know, it's it's. I mean, it's it's crazy right now. So, uh, so three years pay, and then we look at the the hundred measures of wheat, and he says write it out for eighty. Now that would um, be a hundred cores. Uh, it's a Hebrew measurement, ten to twelve bushels. Um, so, uh, 2,500 to 3,000 denarii. So an amazing amount of, of money that's owed. And these guys are getting, Hey, 50% off, 20% off, write it up right now. And, uh, and they do, they write, they write it and, and, uh, the, the master gets this money. So, uh, when we look at, at, uh, verse eight it says, so the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. So the master doesn't approve of it. He, he commended him because he was a smart businessman and said, oh, you know what? You were fired. And hey, you know, you got to give it to this to the guy. You know, what he did was actually a smart thing to do. He still lost his job, you know, based on everything we see here. Uh, he was you know, shrewd and everything. But uh, Jesus then adds that um, 
uh, the businessmen of, of this day were more forward-thinking and wise uh, in managing, shrewd, uh, than the Christians, the sons of light. You know, I, I was I, in, in just reading this and reading uh, through some things. I don't remember where I read it, but I think it was a Spurgeon, uh, a Spurgeon quote or something. It's like, may it never be said that somebody does more research and knows more about the scriptures than the Christian does. You know, that, that would be a, a horrible indictment against us. We should know what we believe. And, uh, and there are people. There are, are people that understand uh, this, understand the Bible. They just don't believe it. You know, and uh, and we should know, and we should be able to give an account for what we believe, and and you know that's it, it can be an indictment, an indictment to us. So, uh, getting back to shrewd, uh, crafty, sensible, sharp in business. So when you hear shrewd, I know uh, when I when I heard the word shrewd, I always thought it was somebody who was you know ripping you off. Might be someone who's crafty or whatever, but shrewd, somebody who's 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 business minded. This guy had itself all involved in that, you know, and, uh, you know, he was, he was mostly worried about himself. It did benefit the master. It did uh, benefit the ones, uh, the debtor, but it also, he did this all. So it would benefit him, you know, so he was a shrewd guy. And, uh, you know, so when you look at uh, what he did, uh, it did set him up and it, and it did accomplish what he wanted. Now, now when he sees these guys out there, Hey, remember I gave you that 50% off? How about a job? You know, how about a place to stay? You know, now they're indebted to him. So, uh, you know, he's he's shrewd, he's he's crafty, and he was commended for it by the master. Um, but uh, uh, you know, it's it. He obviously lost his job for being a uh, a bad steward. So, verse nine, the Lord says, "I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home." So when you fail, uh, when you die, so so as we're uh, looking at this, is uh, if you look at this in a, as a whole, you can understand it that they that we may be greeted by those that were saved by a ministry that we supported in our lives, so that as we give, as we're good stewards of our money, we may be able to win people over. And that someday we'll see them in heaven. Maybe greeted. Maybe they, they get there first, but maybe greeted by them in heaven. And it, to be eternally minded uh, with our uh, with our money, we talked about it. it's it's necessary. It can be a, a mighty tool for us. You know, we can use it to pay our bills, to buy food for us, uh, to eat, whatever it may be. Um, we can use it to bless God and other people. Uh, money can also be a cruel master. Very cruel master, and uh, and lead us astray. Uh, it can lead us to compromise our faith, our family. You can lose a job, like this guy did. Uh, lose relationships. You know, uh, uh, just being under the deception of riches uh, is is awful. That deception of riches, and uh, just to to think of of how hard or what we might sacrifice in our lives. Uh, if we follow the, the the plan of the world to to just build ourselves and to get rich, hoard it all to ourselves, uh, the doomsday preppers. I know uh, Will shared this with us, and I, it always sticks in my head. He's like, so if everybody is 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 running around, they got nowhere to go, and you've got plenty to do. What are you going to do? Just lock them out and not let them in? You know that 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 mentality that that money money or possessions or whatever it may be may end up consuming us because we have now placed our trust 
in those things versus placing our trust in God. That's how money robs us. It, it just, it, it's, money is a necessity. Money in and of itself is a good thing. Money, it's misquoted several times. And remember this, guys, because you can tell people in the scriptures, no, in 1 Timothy 6, it says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Okay, it's the love of money. I had this conversation with my dad, and he's like, yep, yeah, money, it's the root of all evil. And that's, that's, the, that's the quote. It was this week, and I'm not like trying to say that in a bad way. I love my dad. We had a good conversation, but I said, just to make sure, you know, as we're talking, I'm like, it, it's dad, it's the love of money that's the problem. Money in and of itself, I mean, a spoon is good for us, right? You know, try to eat your ice cream with a knife. You know, you might be able to get it out there, but you know, spoon's going to work better. You know, it could be completely useless to us or whatever. Same thing with money. Money, uh, you know, is a tool that we can use and and bless others with. It, 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 we can use it if we're using it wisely. Um, it can be a, a great blessing to us. Um, but oh, so often can it be a cruel master and, and work its way in to a place of uh, importance in our lives that it shouldn't be there. That it could actually be come our God and replace God where we go, I don't, I don't really need God. I've got everything. You know, I don't have to worry about the, the daily provision anymore. So yeah, I'm just going to stop going to church. Uh, don't I don't remember the last time I read my Bible and you know, I got everything I need right here. I'm getting paid. Well, I remember I was at a, a Red Sox game this past year and I'm listening to this young kid and he's got a cool, you know, he's got a good job. He's happy. The biggest thing he's happy with is the money. Oh yeah, this I'm getting seven percent, and they're going to match me. It's a fourteen percent, doing good. Da 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 da. And his whole focus is making money. You know, um, working at a college, I hear a lot of people. I'm going to make you know, da da. I'm going to make six figures when I get out of here. Okay, okay, yeah, that, that's good for you. I hope you can manage it well. Um, you know, you got your student loans, and you're going to you just bought the new uh, flashy car. You you know, you're doing all these things. Those six figures can quickly amount to when gas is $5 a gallon um, and you've got a family and uh, some some of these jobs, you're traveling. You're not home. You're gone six months a year. You know, you, you might sacrifice everything for that, those six figures. Got to have money in its proper place. You know, the Lord is instructing us here to make friends um, with unrighteous mammon, mam our, our wealth. You know, whether we have little or we have much, uh, uh, we need to pray about God would have us uh, serve him, uh, serve him with it. And um, that little or much is so important for us because we can get to a point where, uh, you know, what, let me back up. So someone who's rich, a lot of people may say, hey, you know, they've, they've got to go on. And, and, and especially even in a church. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm poor. I'm, I'm just scraping along. I must be missing something. I must be, you know, there's something going on because that guy over there, you know, after church, you know, they all jump in the super expensive vehicle and, and they're, they're going here, they're going there. They got, you know, all this stuff going on and, and um, maybe, uh, maybe they're very well off and they're jumping in the uh, vehicle, <laughs> vehicle, it looks like my truck. <laughs> you know, you see my truck, he's got the, the rust in the back and uh, whatever, you know. But uh, it's so it's so important for us to realize that if we're following the Lord, He's giving us everything that He wants us to have. You know, we, if we're in the, the will of the Lord, uh, then He's provided what we need. And and for us to to complain about that is sinful. It's wrong. But uh, one thing that can creep in with us with money is 
that, well, you know, if I had a little bit more, I could do more for the Lord. If I, if I just had more, I could do more. If I had more, I could do more. You know, if we're using our money with an eye for eternity uh, and, and, and focused on what the Lord has, uh, just in study, what popped into my mind instantly was the widow with the two mites. You know, two little copper coins. You know, and, and everybody's making this big deal, and you know, uh, you know, uh, ching ching ching, you know, bring it back in the dump truck. Hey, everybody, look at me, look what I'm doing, and everything. And and Jesus stops everything, and says that woman there just gave everything. Got to be faithful uh, with the least, and then we can be entrusted with more. But And I'll read it to you, uh, Luke 21, verses 3 and 4. Jesus said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. Everything. This woman gave everything. And uh, you know how how easy uh, was it for those that were just hey you know what this 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 will get some attention oh oh everybody's looking I'm gonna you know, big check right yeah the big check you know bring it carry it in you got two people carrying it in and yeah no no if I have more I could do more you know what the important thing is to be faithful in, in what he's given us. Brothers and like some of us, I don't know here or uh, uh, there are uh, in in uh, this church or other churches people that are very well off, and God is blessing them and He's using them as He wants to. There, it's it's not because they're they're well off doesn't mean they're going to hell. No, the Lord's blessing them and using them, just like He's blessing us and using us. You know, the, the the widow throwing in those two mites, I love that expression. Just just think of how powerful that is. Anytime you ever have somebody say, oh, yeah, churches, everybody just focused on, oh, money, 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 and everything. Take them to this verse. Take them to Luke 21 and show them, you know what God's heart is? This widow walked up with absolutely what we would laugh at. You know, two mites, nothing. And, and, and God says she gave more than everybody else. That'll flip their mind right upside down. That'll take them for a ride right there. Take it, not to embarrass them, but bring them and say, no, 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 you don't understand God. You don't understand his heart. You know, it's, it's man, so many bad things happen in this world uh, because of money. Think about it. Think about, I mean, just the, the wickedness and the evil that people have, have done to other people. It's so wicked. It's so, oh, you know, just, just for money. And, and you think of, of what happens that that people are sold, like a, a person is sold for money just because somebody wants to be rich. Guys, I've I've I, I watch a lot of like I, I love the documentaries on um, things like uh, um, Drugs Incorporated or whatever, where you kind of get into you understand like the whole the whole like where you know the drugs come from uh, Mexico and how they're brought here, and I I like. Not, not that I like that it exists. I like to learn those things. And I'm, I'm always amazed at how many people, how many of them say, I'm a businessman. You know, I, you know, I, I you know, somebody, somebody's going to make this money. It might as well be me. Really? <laughs> when you're called to give an account, like we talked about, is that going to be your answer? That's not a good answer, man. You need to go read the cliff notes because that's a bad answer. That is, that's, that's, that's the wrong thing. That's a bad thing. 
Now, with what the Lord has given us, we're called to be stewards and serve the Lord with what we have. Um, talk about tithes and offerings. You, anybody here is we're going to be familiar with this. Uh, Micah 3.10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that they uh, there may be uh, food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Proverbs 3.9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase, so your barns may be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new, uh, with new wine. The Lord just tells us, you know, whatever we have, don't grip onto it. You know, if we have the right mindset uh, and, and we're looking at things biblically, everything belongs to the Lord anyways. And guys, please understand, you know, I, I had, had a cue. I had everybody coming out with, you know, we're going to take collection again, right? It's <laughs> not, not going to happen. No, that's not. Please understand. That's not what, I, what I'm saying here. It's not, not it at all. God tells us that, you know, as, as, we're, as we're blessing him and being obedient to him, he's going to bless us. And that's it. It just, the, I'm just going to let the scripture speak there and, and be quiet. So uh, verse 11. Did I skip verse 10? Okay, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in, unright, uh, in the unrighteous mammon, will, uh, who will commit to you uh, to your trust the true riches? So I already went through my notes for verse 10. So I uh, thought we had, uh, had read that all, but where we talked about being faithful uh, in much, and uh, uh, if if we're being unjust, then we're going to be unjust in much in little. So it's important of uh, the importance of whatever the Lord has given us. So if we're wondering um, in our lives, it, it, and, and it, we can be deceived by our own hearts and go, you know what, I'm 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 serving the Lord, I'm doing everything I can. How come the increase isn't coming? Maybe God is just saying, you know what. My grace is sufficient for you. Just keep plugging along. Just because you know the the uh, the um, the gates aren't are flowing and everything at this point spiritually they might be, but physically you're going you know God might have us right along because we need to learn the lesson of continual uh, reliance on Him. He's just continuing. You know what? When you have what think of manna, guys. Man, every day, God said, no, 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 you can't keep it overnight. Keep it, and, and what they try to do, they try to keep it overnight, and it's all spoiled and gross and stinky and nasty. You know, the quail that are coming in, no, don't store it up. Just rely on me for your day-to-day -day provision. What God has given to us, be faithful, be good stewards of it, and God is going to minister to and through us as he desires. It might be more. It might be the same. Who knows? In verse 11, where he's talking about the true riches, that's the, that's the goal, that's the focus of the Christian. The true riches, heavenly riches, is what he's talking about. The earthly riches, are, they're, they're going to end when we do, right? You know, you guys have heard this before, you know. Um, I, the first time I heard it was uh, Denzel Washington at a, uh, um, at a graduation. He's like, you've never seen, uh, you know, the U-Haul. The you know, getting pulled behind the, the hearse. And he's saying this to people that are graduating college. 
I loved it. You know, he's just speaking truth to him. I, you know, I, I know that he's a professing Christian. I don't know his, let's, let's not go off on a Denzel Washington. By the way, his name is Denzel, by the way. <laughs> so it's, it's really not Denzel, but, uh, so, but you know, he, he was just speaking that at a, at a, um, at a, uh, at a graduation. So the earthly riches, we, we can't take them with us. They might end before we do, our lives end. But, uh, you know, it's, it's what we want is the spiritual riches from God. That's what we want. And as we prove faithful, God entrusts to us true riches for him and from him. That's, they, they come from him and they're to be used for him. You know, our earthly obedience is, is to um, give as he leads us and it will result in blessings in our own lives and in the one to come, you know, as we see here, that they uh, that they may actually, you know, our uh, faithfulness, if we're faithful stewards and we're giving as the Lord leads us to, may result in somebody uh, hearing the gospel as a result of a ministry that we're uh, supporting. Or who knows, you might be at a grocery store and God speaks to you and says, hey, that $150 you have there, I want you to go pay for that person's groceries. And you pay for their groceries and say, hey, do you know who Jesus is? You know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest right now. I don't believe that I have the, the, the open gift of, of just openly uh, evangelizing. Oliver does, and I don't mean to embarrass you, man, but uh, you know, Oliver, that's a comfort zone for him. He loves to walk right up to people, and I, w- I wish I was that comfortable. You know, I, I wish I was, but you know, it's, uh, sorry to embarrass you, man, if I did, but it's, it's the, uh, it's the ability to just walk up and be like, Hey, I gotta tell you, God loves you, you know, sometimes, but if we, if God is calling us to do it, drag yourself right up and do it because you never know how much he's going to bless us. The true riches, God is going to bless us with true riches from him and for him. That unrighteous mammon, the stuff that we have here, just use it for his kingdom and and follow him and don't be don't be foolish with our money. Don't be uh, don't be uh, wasting it and everything. You know, hey, uh, you know what? I don't know if I should pay my mortgage or uh, if we should uh, you know go go on a, a vacation right now. When we get back, I'm sure there'll be a check in the mail. Okay, there's no check in the mail. Had a good vacation, and uh, kids pack your stuff. We got an eviction notice. You know, it's foolish, right? We're supposed to be. So, uh, you know, when we get to heaven, uh, I loved it. One uh, pastor I listened to, he said, we're not going to get there. <laughs> he used Pirates of the Caribbean. It's not like you're going to be this treasure chest there that when you get there, we're not going to care for treasures up there. We're not going to be like, hey, uh, you know, I was looking for my uh, my wagon full of gold. You know, the, 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 the treasures are when we get there is, wow, God used me to minister to that person. And I get to be in the presence of the Lord forever. That's the that's the treasure. That's what we're looking for. I was talking to to Steve before church and he's like, he's like, man, uh, he goes, uh, and he probably hear me. Hopefully he doesn't come in and crash through. I'm not going to really embarrass him. He goes, man, I'm a simple guy. And I'm like, you and me both. Right. And he's like, I just want to hear well done. You know? And I'm like, absolutely. That's like the goal. Like if, if I get in, I'm a street sweeper. Good enough. You know, that that's fine with me. That's a, just the, the basic is, uh, I just want to be in the presence of the Lord. I just want to be there. That, that, you know, that should be our focus there. But, you know, we're not going to have piles of, of you know, uh, stuff that it shouldn't be our focus. You know, the focus should be to, to see people that that, uh, that have 
you know, if, if we're looking at things through, you know, an eternal um, focus, uh, people that have accepted the gospel and now they're saved because God used still the filthy stinking us to save them and, and, and what we have to offer. Oh man, that's, that's where it's at right there. And I realize, um, like I said, so many people have, have misused and everything, but we need to just pray and research. Um, uh, speaking of tithing, I remember uh, when we were over in Italy, uh, some friends of ours were, were wondering, well, what is this tithing thing and everything? And they were just kind of, she was new to following the Lord. Her husband, I think, was deployed at the time. So um, uh, Jen had uh, met her at work and everything. So we'd meet at church. And she went up and asked the pastor about, you know, what is tithing? And, you know, do we do, what, what, where do I give? What is it? And he explained to her, oh, you give uh, 10% of your, of your income to your local church, you know? And, oh, okay. You know, she, it was, it was that under, so I, I, I recognize every face in here. Um, you know, it's 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 that's that's what tithing is, and it that's what provides for our building. You know, and the Lord uses that, and uh, and then He directs us where else if we if there's a surplus somewhere where else we are to uh, to give. You know, if you look back um, in the Old Testament, you see that's how the how the Levites lived. The priests lived. They got tithes of you know it wasn't necessarily just monetary. You know, it could be um, you know, wheat, it could be whatever it was, they brought it in and that was their sustenance. That's, that's what took care of them. So, um, just wanted to add that. So, uh, for leaders in the church, uh, this is, uh, this is something for any of us that, that have, uh, ever served or, or do serve. It, it is our responsibility, uh, to be tithing, you know, because it shows we're being good stewards and we're investing in the old min the ministry that we're a part of. So, uh, you know, do the, Take that with you. I, I don't think there's really uh, – pray about it if you need to. I, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, there are churches I, – I, I listened to um, Damian Kyle on this, and he said uh, they use that as a church, that, that the leadership, uh, anybody serving in leadership, they use that verse to tell them, well, if you're if you're serving here, you need to be in, uh, investing uh, in this ministry. You know, it's not and, – and it's not to build a kingdom for themselves. It's not what – not whatsoever. Anybody who's willing to do that is – uh, they don't want to go down that road. The end of it is destruction, death, maybe even hell. No thanks, no thanks. Not stealing. Uh, you know, you know. There's a, a saying. You know, there are three things you don't touch: the the, the girls, the gold, and the glory in in ministry. You know, that's I, I heard a, a pastor say that. Don't mess with those things, men that are serving. <laughs> girls, gold, and glory. Those things that you're entrusted over, don't mess with any of them. You're going to find out you're in pretty good shape if you're not getting into any of those things. Don't mess with those things. Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful and what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So there it is. We can't serve two masters. We can't serve God and money. Excuse me. It's one or the other. So what it's saying here, what Jesus is clearly saying, that's a little more easy for us to understand, is we can't have love and loyalty to both things. We can't say, hey, I'm going all in for money or and all in for God. But we, we just can't do those things because 
one's going to be the master of our lives. Which one? You know, I think I'll, I'll just, you know, go to the, I'll take this one over here, leave the money and, and the, the emptiness. And so, like I said, as we discuss this, I, I want to make sure that I, as we're talking about money, it's important for us to understand money in and of itself is a good thing. It's necessary. It's the love of money that draws us astray, leads us astray, and down the wrong path. Verse 14. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard these things, and they derided him. So no doubt, Jesus is talking loud enough for everybody to hear. Every, you know, so everybody around the disciples, remember that's who he's talking to in this. Um and when we hear this, it, there's, it struck a nerve with them because uh, uh, he's speaking loud enough so they hear it. And they're lovers of money. Uh, Pharisees were known for being very wealthy. They were well off. And because they were well off, they were considered in right standing with God. You see what I mean? So the, the, the widow tossing in the two mites, yeah, well, you know, if only she was holy and not, you know, hiding that hidden sin uh, in her life. Maybe she wouldn't have been tossing in her own two mites, is what a wicked heart would say. Nope, nope. She's saying, you know what, I this is all I have. I'm just going to uh, give it to the Lord because somebody else might need it more than me. You know, that's, uh, uh, so these guys very much weren't that. And they derided him. And I looked up the, the, word, the word derided and it's turned up their nose at him. They ridiculed Jesus, you know, because it struck a nerve. You guys been to the dentist? <laughs> you strike a nerve? Whoa! Right? That goes right through your whole body, doesn't it? They go, whoa, you wake up really fast when they strike. And they're like, hey, if you feel like, yes, the, the Novocaine isn't even set in. What are you doing, right? You strike a nerve? Yeah. They, they This was it. And they're ridiculing Jesus. They they didn't like to hear that. And, and uh, so... Uh, Jesus very, very quickly uh, gets a um, gets a, a reaction from them. Verse 15, and he said to them, You are those who justify yourself before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. So Jesus goes right back at them. You, know, you, you justify yourselves before men, but you can't hide from God. God knows your heart. He just flat. I mean, there's no questioning what Jesus is saying to them right now. You guys are fakes. You're frauds. You know, like we talked about on Sunday, call them you know, your sons of snakes. You know, he, these guys were not Jesus' biggest fans. And Jesus had a lot of hard lessons for them to hear and, and to learn. God knows your heart. You're highly esteemed by man, but an abomination in God's sight, the way you conduct yourself. You know, they may think you're, you're great and holy and everything, but God knows your hearts. And he goes on to say to them, you know, you, you, you're clinging to the law. And it, and, and it was, uh, you know, the law and the prophets until John and now the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached, and he's saying, you know, there, many are hearing it, and they want in. They're pressing in. And he's going to explain, there's nothing you can do to stop it. You know, heaven and earth might pass away, but you're not going to be able to stop God. You can't. 
You know, there's nothing they can do to stop it. Every, you know, that those things, uh, you know, may pass away, but the word of the Lord doesn't doesn't stop. You know, if you, uh, God honors His word above His name. We can see that in the Scripture. It's not going to stop. So the Lord has a, a, a rude awakening for them and, and goes on to explain to them, hey, you guys are a bunch of fakes and frauds and God sees right through you. And, uh, you know, you guys are clinging to the old thing and you're rejecting uh, the, the gospel, uh, which everybody uh, is coming to. And um, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, if you think later on um, in the book of Acts, you know, religious leaders are trying to figure everything out. One of them has to say, hey, if this is from God. We can't fight it. You know, it's just it's which was true. You know, God used that man to speak to them. You know, and and the Lord's saying, you know, no, nothing's going to pass away. You know, you can't change the word of God. So, verse eighteen, it seems like you know, as we're reading all these things, it it, it may seem like uh, um, uh, like there's a big shift here. But what he's doing is he's addressing the conduct of the Pharisees, and he says, uh, verse eighteen says, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. That can be very hard for uh, anybody uh, in the church that's reading this or any Christian that's reading this and go, oh, whoa, and just and take you uh, right for a ride, you know, and, and, and can really um, can really set somebody off. What he's addressing right here, and there's a whole, like, that's a whole Bible study in and of itself, guys. So uh, in the interest of time, we're, we're, I'm going to dig into a little bit of it, and we're going to talk about it. We're not going to dive you know, completely into it, though. But in the, uh, uh, what we need to understand is Jesus is bringing this up to them at this time for a reason. So it's not like he's just like babbling things and blah, 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 blah. No, Jesus Christ is speaking very clearly to them, and they know they're learning from it right here. They're, they're hearing it. So the Pharisees would manipulate the scriptures uh, to benefit themselves or anybody that they could benefit from. They got so silly that they got to the point where they, if, if somebody burned your breakfast, you could divorce them. You could write a certificate of divorce for almost anything. And Jesus is saying, you guys are a bunch of fakes and frauds and, and you're missing the whole point. You're missing the gospel. And by the way, you know, Jesus is, is telling them right here. Let's talk about divorce. So maybe there was something, I don't, I don't know, maybe there was something that somebody said. I, we don't know the context, and sometimes we won't know it. And, and I'll encourage you, sometimes, and, and when we get into uh, the next part, if we have time, um, uh, sometimes where the Bible's silent, we just remain silent. Where there isn't a comment, don't try to make up a commentary, especially if you've read it, you prayed over it, and you look at it. And I, I, I encourage you, that's what I do when I'm, when I'm studying. Uh, and that's what, uh, as I, I, I took a few classes through Moody Bible uh, years ago, and, and that's what, as I was learning, and, um, and as I was reading the book on Bible study, they just said, excuse me, read through it, and um, I heartburn like crazy. I'm okay, guys. I just, I just, I'll, I'll, I'll be all right. But the, um, I forgot where I was. Oh, so uh, as you're going through, read, read the scripture, pray about it. Do your own research. You know, look in look in your margins. Are there cross references? Those types of things are. Let the word explain it. Because yes, commentaries are great. Listening to teachers are great. That should be the set. But we need to pray. We need to ask God to to help us because it's going to help us uh, know the word more uh, and and to understand it better and and hear from the Holy Spirit. 
I'm not saying if you don't hear the answer that it's wrong of us. To, guys, I do it all the time. I just can't, I can't go, I can't have Will call me and say, hey, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to teach or whatever. I can't be studying and so that I'm ready for when Will go and pull this out. I can't just go, okay, I'm in Luke 15. Great. I'm going to grab my commentary and just read that instead of reading that. We need to understand the word and we need to understand the context. And then when we need to know more, go to it. Um, I have no idea why I was even getting into the commentaries. I'll go back to it. I'm sorry. I get too excited. And uh, oh, uh, it, it was it was talking about um, uh, divorce, and I still don't know. So uh, Jesus is calling them out, and he wants to set the record straight. And um, the marriage, a holy institution established by God. You can go all the way back to the beginning verses, uh, beginning chapters of Genesis, and understand you know what God established there. Man is making a complete mess of it and mixing it all up. Who knows what people are going to be able to marry? Uh, animals. We laugh at it, but I'm sure. Yeah, it's probably already happened. I don't know. I haven't. It's airplanes. Yes, I've heard of just the dumbest things, guys. Marriage is. Uh, I'm just going to put it right here. One man, one woman, according to the scriptures. One man, one woman. It's a it's a vow to remain married and honor our vows, especially Christians. Christians, we should be. Um, know this: that if we have um, a struggling marriage or a broken marriage, it's nothing that the that the Lord can't restore. Whether that ministers to us or we take it and minister to anybody, God put it on my heart to share with us tonight. Okay. Next, God put it on my heart. God can restore those who have married someone who was divorced or, or, or in some way, uh, when you look through here, broke. And like I said, this is a whole Bible study in and of itself. What Jesus is dealing with here is these guys have it all wrong. They're making a joke and a mockery of marriage, much like today's society. You can get married. You, can, you know, you can you can get divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced. In, especially Christians need to adhere to the biblical definition of what marriage is. Okay, if there's something that's happened in the past, and uh, it, it, God has restored you, and God has 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 uh, you know brought two people together, and and you can clearly see that. Amen. I'm not. I'm not challenging anybody's, you know, marriage. Don't go get divorced if God has put you together. And now you're going. Oh, what I'm saying is, is just go to the Lord and be in prayer. Uh, the scriptures are here. Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees making marriage whatever they want to make it, and 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 uh, disobeying the scriptures. That's why it's right here. He's not just like. Tossing things out, and by the way, and as I flip this table over, I'm going to tell you this too. You know, he he's very much and very calculated in what he's saying. So this isn't uh, this isn't anything that's uh, just coming up. So uh, I, you know, you guys, you know, we don't have time. We, we've got a whole, um, you know, all the way uh, 19 through 31, and I've got like three or four more pages of notes. So uh, we'll look into the rich man and Lazarus, something that we're all very familiar with. Uh, or maybe, I shouldn't say we all are, may be very familiar with, uh, and hopefully it's a blessing um, uh, to you. When, I know it's going to be, it's the Word of God. How could it not be? But um, our study together is the blessing. Hopefully that is the blessing. Um, you know, with only five minutes left, um, I, I feel that this is 
I talk too much was my idea. Hopefully I didn't babble. Hopefully this made sense. What's important for us, and I'm going to go back because I did have a couple things I want to share. Um, I'm dealing with right now, just push through it in five minutes. Uh, and that, that's what I'm going through in my mind. Just if you're, if you're wondering what's, what's going on in my head right now as I'm, uh, as I'm fumbling through these pages, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything, but, um, I got my pages all mixed, mixed up here. So I just want to share a couple things with, with you so that we can take them home. If we got to go over them again uh, later, we will. But uh, I wanted to share with you, I, I, I used Warren Wearsby's commentary. Somebody gave me that over 20 years ago or so uh, when we lived in Washington. I was so blessed by it. It's just little chapter by chapter um, uh uh, commentary through the Bible. It's like this thick. Was it? Maybe it was the one that we were talking. I don't know if it, no, it was a different one that Oliver and I were looking for uh, in Philadelphia. Sorry, man. Um, but this is like the. It was like it's like this thick. There's this little. I have it in my backpack. You don't care about that. Warren Wearsby. He said he explains four things about uh, about money uh, from this chapter, and maybe I'll go back over it next time we do. So one, we can waste it. However, the scripture tells us, moreover, is required of stewards that one be found faithful, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. So we should use wealth for our master's good and not for our own pleasure. Uh, instructions for the rich come uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Uh, it says, command those who are rich, Paul writing to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Okay? So the proper use for it. Shouldn't waste it. For anybody who uh, has been blessed like crazy. By the way, Americans, if we have spare change, we're in like the top... 93 percentile of uh, of of being rich in the world. So just so take that into consideration as we're reading this. First uh, Timothy 10: Love the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So the second point: We can waste money. Uh, we can serve God with our money. John Wesley said, "Will people welcome you to heaven because your stewardship made it possible for them to hear the gospel and be saved?" Another quote, which he didn't say who it was from: "Money is a wonderful servant." a terrible master, and an abominable God. I was like, oh, I'm getting all excited trying to type this as fast as I could. It's such a blessing. I'm telling you right now, this is directly from this commentary. I did, you know, um, uh, God used godly men to share this. Uh, so, uh, so the first thing, we can waste money. Uh, we can serve God with it. We can try to serve God in money, but it's not going to work. Jesus just told us that. Right. So what, what can we do with it? We can waste it. We can serve God with it. We can try to do what Jesus said isn't going to work. I highly recommend not doing that. Uh, he already said it. The fourth thing, we can let money be our God. That's a scary thing. Uh, like the rich man looking into, I, I was anticipating getting through the rich man and Lazarus. Um, he didn't go to Hades because he was rich, but because riches were his God. Abraham was wealthy, but it was in heaven. So it wasn't the fact that uh, that somebody was rich that they're automatically going to hell, right? 
And because they're poor doesn't mean that they're not going to heaven or hell. It's who is our God? Who are we serving? So money can help us gain riches in God's kingdom by using it for His uh, to bless others and to minister to others, or it could send us to hell. I saw that. So uh, just I, I got a couple notes as a, a parting thing. Uh, build our future with God, our heavenly future. Uh, pray for wisdom. Seek the, uh, the, the scriptures for leading and be obedient to what the Lord lays on our hearts based on his word and his spirit's leading. So when we're wondering what to do with our money, I'm going to read this again. Pray for wisdom. Seek the scriptures for leading. Be obedient to what the Lord lays on your heart based on his word and his spirit leading. God is never going to lead us astray, ever. One time, his spirit is never going to lead us away from him. Never once. So if we're praying, we're seeking his, his uh, spirit, and we're asking to be helped, the Lord is going to bless us. Um, I'm still considering going through this. <laughs> I, I'm just going to read it, guys. I'm just going to read it so that we can, okay, is that okay? Because I feel like, I feel like, like, Half of this is not here. So um, verse 19, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. Remember that. Laid at the rich man's gate all the time. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, dogs came and licked his sores bad situation. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us there is a great gulf fixed, so that, there, that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those uh, from there passed to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. I have five brothers that he may testify to, uh, to them, uh, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, to the, uh, said no, Father Abraham, but if he goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. I feel like we kind of wrap that up. I'm just going to share a couple notes, okay? We're at like 7.30 exactly, okay? So I'll try to get us out of here as fast as we can, and I'll try to be uh, as quick and concise as I can uh, without getting completely lost here. Um, so he lived in luxury. Lazarus is laid at his gate. Um, Lazarus is carried away by the angels and experienced the worst of what could come for him while he was on this earth and is now in Abraham's bosom, uh, at Abraham's side, in paradise. So uh, Abraham's, uh, we'll talk about Abraham's bosom here in a second. He experienced poverty and rejection, a sickness. I mean, dogs were licking his sores. Abraham's bosom uh, at his side. Matthew chapter 8, uh, verse 11, Jesus said that uh, people could sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. 
Okay, this is the only mention of Abraham's bosom in the scriptures. So um, the Bible, this is one of those things I told you, the Bible's fairly silent on Abraham's bosom. Okay, we can look at it, and it's, there's a really cool study, and, and really uh, a lot there as you study it. But we'll, some things that we can understand is that the rich man could see Lazarus and knew who he was. So the, the chasm between um, the, whatever you, heaven, um, uh, where Abraham was and where Lazarus is in Hades, uh, and we'll talk about Hades here in a minute, uh, place of the dead, according to Revelation, death in Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, during the great white throne uh, judgment. So um, uh, Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. Uh, covering verses 23 through, we're going to get through it, 23 through 26. Uh, the rich man could see Lazarus and knew who he was. Um, I remember um, uh, uh, Chuck Smith said, uh, somebody came to him once and said, when we get to heaven, are we going to know who we are? And, and Chuck's easy answer was, well, I hope we're not dumber in heaven than we are here. You know, I think we're going to be able to, because we're going to have new bodies. And we're going to know who each other is, you know, and uh, I love that response. Uh, so this guy is begging. He knows who Lazarus is. He could recognize him. And because he begged at his gate, he knew who Lazarus was and didn't do anything to bless him. In fact, he let him slay there. And as he's experienced a life of luxury and, and everything, he could, you know, he's the dogs are licking this guy's sores and he's just, he has no care uh, for him there. And so they're, uh, now they're at a point where they can communicate, but they can't pass from one to another. And Abraham has some sad, but true news for him. The sad, but true news is, yeah, you know, even if I could package him up and send him back somehow uh, to your family, if they're going to ignore Moses and the prophets, that because that's all they needed, they didn't need somebody to come back from the dead. No, what Moses is saying is, uh, sorry, what Abraham is saying is they have everything they need to be pointed towards God. Now we have the gospel. We have the, uh, you know, uh, what all of the Old Testament was pointing to. Um, but uh, if they're not going to uh, listen to those things, then they're, they're not going to listen there. So uh, verses 27 through 31, uh, the scriptures are what we need to know God and, uh, and how to live. And if you look at what is described here, hell is so bad that the only request for this person is asking for a drop of water and that Abraham would send Lazarus so that everybody could find out they don't want to go there. I would rather be hanging out with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, just be in heaven um, with some brothers and sisters that we've lost even from this, uh, uh, you know, this um, congregation here just to be, be with them. Abraham sets the record straight for him and, and really for all mankind. There's no questioning. We made it through. There's no questioning. Like we, we need to be in right standing with God. So uh, I, I hope that we got out of that is we are stewards, whether we're at work, we're at stewards at home, we're stewards here at church. We need to be faithful stewards. And the Lord is going to bless us. The blessings might be spiritual. They might be physical. Whatever they are, just be focused on be, being responsible and being good steward for what God has entrusted us with. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so blessed by your word. This is a um, There's a lot here for us. And we pray, God, that you would continue to speak to us through it. And um, I just hope that everybody was able to, to uh, pick up 
uh, what was uh, was being said. I, I trust that your spirit spoke to them, and uh, ask you, God, uh, to help us to carry this, and and um, that, that we would we would understand, have a greater understanding um, of our walk with you, and and uh, and how to live, and and to bless you, and uh, help us to be good stewards, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.